Well, a quiet night, but a positive one. Two positive, perhaps, given equity markets seem content to invest in tech, and yet tech companies are saying we're having to lay off huge swathes of our workforce because we're worried about what the year is going to bring us. So that doesn't sound too good, does it? It doesn't sound like a soft landing. Meanwhile, PMIs today will tell us exactly how activity in the US is bearing up against Europe. And locally, the NAB Business Survey today. Where is business confidence heading? Down. Last time, will it bottom out? It's Tuesday, the 24th of January, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, U.S. equities are well up today, a 0.7% rise for the Dow, 1% for the S&P 500 and 2% for the Nasdaq at close. Rises in Europe too, bond yields are rising. 10-year treasuries up four basis points, two-year treasuries up six. Uh, German bunds, 10 years up three basis points. Aussie 10-year yields up five basis points yesterday to 3.44%, four basis points up on that on futures overnight. The U.S. dollar hasn't moved too much on the DXY index, but the Aussie up 0.9% this morning. The pound down 0.2%. The euro is up a bit and oil pushing higher again, although losing ground in the last hour or so. So Brent is up half a percent, just over $87. It did get up to $89 overnight. And WTI uh, was up 0.7% or so. It's uh, flat now, though. Generally, well, it's been a quiet session with China on holiday and not a lot of new news. So this might be very quick today. Uh, Here's NAB's David DeGaris in London. So, uh, yeah, it's fair to say, Finn, thin trade today dave it's been very thin phil sort of looking for a theme in the market today Mm. i mean you could try and construct something saying it was risk positive yeah um certainly for the tech sector i mean look how that's going uh, indeed and and for the and for the aussie and maybe for commodity prices yeah yeah so so tell me about the Aussie then. Is, it, is, that just, is that just the commodity story that's pushing the Aussie dollar so much higher today? I think so. It doesn't seem to be so much weakness in the US dollar. The other majors are really not making any net gains against the US dollar. It seems to be more Aussie-specific. Mm. If anything, it's not showing up so much in the Kiwi dollar. I mean, Australia and New Zealand have both got their inflation figures this week. And of course, the Bank of Canada has its rate meeting, and it hasn't. The, the, the CAD hasn't done a lot today. So, I'm tending to think it's more Aussie dollar, maybe commodity driven, maybe you know, it could be real money flows, but it could be you know just you know the way that you know trade flows and transaction flows go through the market today. As you said, pretty thin with uh, with China out, and I think the market is. Uh, I hate to say it's sort of marking time ahead of the central bank meetings which come next week. Of course, we've got some important numbers later in the week, of course, starting tomorrow, but uh, for today... Yeah, well, well, or today, today, yeah, PMIs coming up as well. But just on on the on equity markets overnight. So the tech sector is going gangbusters, though. We've got Microsoft and Intel uh, reporting this week, and you know nothing like a round of layoffs to show a company means business. And investors seem to like that, don't they? Even though, of course, the reason why they're cutting back is because they are concerned about the upcoming downturn. And Spotify's joined the club. They're the latest, getting rid of six hundred people, which mm. is about six percent of their workforce. So it's all one thing for for you know the equity markets to say well this is good because they're you know they're managing <laughs> to control their their margins yes. but the reason they're doing that is because there's a downturn coming and they're, they're clearly aware of that and uh wouldn't have anything to do with overemploying, you know during the latter stages of the pandemic either when you know interest rates were virtually at zero but um mm. so i definitely you know you're right there is some right sizing going on there is some company specific things going on there but of course the nasdaq has taken the brunt of that 
And, um, mm. I mean, typically equity markets, it depends upon the depth of the recession, doesn't it? But other things being equal, uh, a company that's going to extract some more productivity from its staff, uh, uh, you know, might well mean that, you know, earnings per share rise over time. So, as you say, that, that sort of news is permeating. But it's to date, Phil, it's been mostly in the tech sector, hasn't it? Yeah, Rather than just wider than that. Yeah, yeah. Some, some in finance too, of course. Well, the Wall Street Journal is reporting today of the 11% of earnings so far, earnings are on track to drop 4.6% from a, from a year ago. So, you know, earnings are looking disappointing, and yet we've got this optimism in equities, which is, is rather curious, isn't it? And, and the Fed, of course... You know that they're forecasting back in December their their GDP forecast just a 0.5 percent change in real GDP for this year. That was their median figure. You know it was 1.2 percent in September. Remember they they downgraded that quite significantly. So very slow growth is expected. I wonder if you know did the equity markets read those numbers? Is it, <laughs> because the slowdown it looks like is happening. Is it one of those good news is? Um Sorry, bad news is good news, you know, for the market, that it means less pressure on interest rates and so forth. So mm. we're going to find out. I don't. GDP, of course, is important to that, and it's something that the Fed does put a lot of store on, but I bet it won't be as important as the PCE deflators on Friday will, will prove to be. And I think they're, um, you know, after yep. that core CPI, um, you often... F- Quite often find that the core PCE deflator is is either at or below the core CPI, and I think the market's predicting <coughs> consensus is predicting 0.3, isn't it, on Friday? So let's see if it's that or lower. So I think that if if that's the case, of course that will add to the view that you know 25 will be the the right way to go at this meeting, and the market will stick to its view that. Uh, the Fed will blink later this year, but of course, there's a lot of time to uh, to, to play out before before that happens. Not much blinking going on in Europe, though, is there? Though we we saw the euro gain a little ground today, and some of that is to do with the ECB's Olli Rehn, the the governor of Austria's central bank, saying there's the prospect for, and I quote, significant interest rate increases from the ECB this winter and this coming spring. He couldn't be clear on that. And that's, of course, on top of Klaus Knott uh, <laughs> saying, you know, a series of 50 basis point rises until summer, at least two, and then uh, and then maybe more. They're talking it yes. up at the ECB. Yes. <clears throat> well, you've had uh, Peter Casimir, Central Bank of Slovenia, saying, you know, giving similar sentiments. As um, Oli Ren, I think you find, is the head of the Central Bank of Finland. Oh, sorry. F- yeah. That's all right. Too. Yeah. And um, But definitely that, that was the message. But you've had the Central Bank of... Uh, of Greece Governor uh, Stuanaras saying that, you know, and, and also uh, Mr. Visco, the head of the Italian Central Bank, you know, talking about, you know, the appropriateness of gradual rate increases. So they're a little bit more worried. I guess they're worried about the potential for, for rate spread blowout um, and, the you know, the cost of money going up proportionally a lot more in those economies. It's not happening right now, but obviously that is a concern. For, for what it's worth, you know, the, the Italian economy probably fared not a lot worse than, uh, than what we've seen in Europe. I was just looking before at the PMIs for Italy for December, very similar levels to the Eurozone PMIs. And, of course, Eurozone numbers are out tomorrow with, with Germany and France, and we've got UK as well. So, um, and, but as you say, <clears throat> the, North, the, the money is that, of course, they will um, they'll hike by 50 with another after that, which will take to 3%. 
uh, but what will mm. they do after that? So it's a big change, isn't it, from um, from where they were, you know, six to nine months ago. And what happens if we see, you know, activity being hit because we see this push up in energy prices as China comes back online, which is, you know, something that's been muted as a, as a concern? Can they raise rates when businesses and households are facing higher energy costs and perhaps businesses are starting to cut production as a result of it? It does, it does, and we've seen <clears throat> not just in, uh, in 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 oil prices, Phil, but um, metals prices, iron ore prices as well. Mm. So, I mean, the, the the theme in recent months, really, in the lead up to China's reopening, was that uh, leading indicators of inflation were improving. We had reductions in freight costs, some commodity price costs coming down, supply chains easing, but. Um, we know that China's reopening will likely uh, restore some stability to the global economy in terms of growth. But as you say, it's key in the inflation area, uh, particularly as a consumer of commodities, Phil. I mean, it is a significant producer in some commodities, but certainly as a consumer. So you would think that yeah. this talk around that you know China will add one to one and a half million barrels of demand to oil, uh, you know, and we're seeing you know Brent up to what. Eighty-eight dollars um, uh, at the at the mm. start of this it could week. Could easily get to a hundred, couldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, you've had a couple of prominent a- analysts talking about hundred to one hundred and ten barrels, hundred and ten um, dollars per barrel. Dollars. You've got oil mm. up seventeen percent from its nine December low. You've got iron ore at one hundred and what one hundred and twenty-five, hundred and twenty-six, up seventy percent since the end of August, and. Uh, Copper up something around thirty percent from its uh, September late September lows last year. So prices are moving, and I think that definitely reflects some of the the China reopening story, which is playing out before yeah, us right absolutely. now. So, so tell me about PMIs today then from from S and P. We get them for the US, Europe, Australia as well. I mean, there wasn't much above fifty last time, was there? So largely in contraction territory. You know, largely for services and for manufacturing. Will we get any over fifty this time? Well, or is it just going to be a slightly slightly slower slowdown, perhaps? I think think the surprise towards the end of last year was that the eurozone numbers held up better than mm. than feared, particularly the German numbers, um, but even the um, UK number of services, you know, if you'd asked people three months ago, where will that be relative to growth and contraction? Most people would have said um, clearly in negative territory, but at the end of the year, what, 49.9. So it, it's held up relatively well. Uh, and we've seen some flavour of that in the GDP numbers. And yet we've had those shocking retail sales at the end of last week. So some sectors are really toughing it out right now, Phil, but others are really struggling but um, we'll, we'll see how that that pans out I think the big impact will be we've had wholesale gas prices off quite significantly in the past six to eight weeks so let's see how that plays out in terms of um, confidence and uh, and the outlook in you know in the eurozone particularly in the eurozone in the UK and yet the US you know seen today the leading in, uh, index suggesting that uh, US is headed for a recession. And if anything, its mm. service sector has sort of slipped below Europe's right now. So quite a big sea change there in, in, that's playing out right now. Yeah. And yet, uh, you know, Janet Yellen talking about supply chain problems having significantly eased and uh, there being very helpful signs on US in, on the US inflation front. I mean, you, you hear stuff like that and you're thinking, well, they're going to be the first to stop raising rates. I, I, I think there's, there's a lot 
to that. And um, but of course, it depends on how this China thing plays out as well. So um, yeah. that's a story that's yet to be written. So we're all making guesstimates about how that will play out. But certainly, some of the pandemic dislocations that we saw, the supply chain issues. Um, but still, you know, you've got evidence in the advanced economies, haven't you, that labour markets, even though labour demand seems to have come off, labour markets generally a lot tighter than still now uh, before before the pandemic hit. So um, mm. um, certainly the, the inflation numbers have been better. Um, so let's see whether this uh, improvement in inflation persists or whether it's uh, something that will come back, uh, uh, you know, for central banks to readdress in the second half of yeah. this year. Particularly, yeah, as, as fuel prices start to rise. The uh, the NAB business survey is out today. Um, the issue last time was business confidence, wasn't it, which had fallen four months into, into negative territory, uh, which could be taken as a sign of things to come, couldn't it? I mean, we could see that flow through to, to business conditions this time. And I hasten to add, we have no idea what is in the NAB business survey. Indeed, We're not allowed Phil, to sneak we have no idea. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, but I mean, that'll be the interesting thing to look for, wouldn't it? Is, is it, that it, business it, confidence now mapping through to conditions as well? Correct, correct. So I think um, it's, it's the widest divergence, aside from the pandemic, between confidence mm. and, and, uh, and conditions so, um, you know, the, the things that Australian business has been concerned about, you know, um, inflation, cost growth, labour cost growth, will the economy slow down? So the uncertainty factor is certainly high there. But um, is confidence telling us what's around the corner for, um, for, for the economy? Or is it like consumer sentiment where consumer confidence took a big hit, but consumer spending remained resilient and then in the past two months we've seen consumer sentiment sort of stage a little bit of a, a rebound anyway we will be See what it does. all the wiser in uh, within 24 hours absolutely in a few hours even and then the uh, the aussie cpi tomorrow as of well course. that's the big number of the week isn't it locally and uh, the bank of canada tomorrow as well that their house price index was flat last month after that 0.2 percent fall in in december uh, and the Richmond Fed manufacturing index is out tomorrow as well. Those regional surveys have shown a great variation lately, haven't they? So I'm not sure if we can read too much into those, can we? I don't think so. Um, you know, we just wait, wait for the sure. national arms, unless they all point in the in the same direction. But Which that's really not. been the case. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll leave it there for now. Good to talk, Dave. Catch you next time. Cheers, Phil. And thank you for listening as well. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Catch you again tomorrow morning. See you then.